Welcome to Living Hope Community Church. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor here, and I'd like to extend to you this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that you're engaging with today's service, not just passively watching, uh, but actively engaging. I hope that you'll pray the prayers, that you'll sing the songs, uh, that you will um, look for ways for God to meet you in this moment. Man, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you for being with us uh, in the good times, in the bad. Uh, God, you are, uh, you are with us. Uh, forever you are faithful. Forever you are strong. Um, you are with us forever, God. And you are with us right here, right now. And so we will praise you and glorify you. We will recognize your presence among us. And we will give you thanks for your blessings, uh, even as we lift up to you the heaviness uh, on our, that's on our hearts today, God. Uh, you alone know all the things that we carry with us as we enter into this time of worship, uh, the anxieties, the fears, the tensions, the struggles. God, you, uh, you alone know them, but you do know them, God. You know us. And so, God, I pray that today you would help us to be honest with you about all that we're bringing with us today, uh, that we would uh, open our hearts to you, that we would open our minds and our thoughts to you, I mean, it's all open to you anyway, God. You know what we're thinking. You know what we're going through. So would you just help us to trust you with it? To not try to, to close ourselves off and to take care of it all ourselves, to, to worry about it thinking that we are somehow going to be able to, uh, to solve all of our own problems. God, would you help us today to recognize that you are the, uh, the God of wonders. You are uh, the God who rules and reigns over all things. You are the God who loves us who has come to us in your son, Jesus Christ, to show us that love, to demonstrate it, and to demonstrate your power even over death itself. So God, we know that whatever we're facing today, you are able to help us through it. You are present with us, and you will help us to, to make it through to the other side of whatever challenge we might face. God, today we look to you for, uh, for peace in place of our anxieties. Uh, we look to you for strength where we are feeling weak. God, we're looking to you for hope. We're looking to you for purpose. We're looking to you to, to be the one who can guide us through this current situation that we all find ourselves in. God, please, would you continue to, uh, to strengthen and protect uh, our healthcare workers, those who are on the front lines of, of caring for people who are sick today. Uh, please, God, would you continue to work through them? Let your grace flow through them into the lives of everyone that they care for. God, would you be with those who are currently struggling with their health um, or who are currently struggling in some other way, God? You know all the struggles that people are facing right now. Some of them related to this virus, some of them not. God, we are trusting you and we're looking to you for healing, for strength, for hope. God, we pray that you'd continue to give wisdom to our leaders as they make decisions about stay-home orders and all the rest. God, we are trusting you through all of this. You are the God who is with us. You are the God who is able to, to heal our diseases, uh, who is able to give insight to researchers. You are the one who is able to continue to love us and to love others through us, right here, right now. Thank you, God, for being with us today. Continue to speak to our hearts, to our minds, as we continue to be open to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. 
It's my prayer for us today, is that we will experience God's peace, his presence, his goodness, his grace. Um, ordinarily right now, we would be taking a couple minutes to greet each other, to walk around the room. Uh, instead, perhaps right now, you, uh, you take a moment to turn to the people that you're gathered with and just tell them, no, hey, I'm, I'm glad that we're worshiping together today. Maybe you get into the chat or the comments, say something similar, extend the peace of Christ to someone. Uh, we are going to have uh, just a couple brief announcements before we dive into the message. First, uh, we're trying something new today. We've got a digital connect card. I know usually on Sundays we've got these little cards in the bulletin we ask you to fill out, drop in the offering box. We can't do that these days, but we would like to know that you're worshiping with us today and give you a chance to give us feedback or to ask a question or to let us know how we can pray for you. So there should be a link in the description. I'm sure it's up on the screen, but you can't click on that. So uh, I'm sure in the description or the comments uh, somewhere where you are, you can uh, find that that link and um, otherwise you can type that into your browser later I think it's livinghope.info slash connect card um, but it'll be on the screen and it should be somewhere in the comments somewhere you can click uh, wherever you happen to be engaging with today's service um, we would love to be able to connect with you to answer any question you might have to pray for you and um, and I do send out an email newsletter about once a week or so and uh, I would love to be able to keep you informed about what's going on there are other opportunities to connect besides this on Sunday mornings. Uh, there's a Zoom lobby. Kids have their own thing on Sunday mornings. Teens are meeting on Wednesday nights. They've got a cool worship night coming this Wednesday. Uh, there's also a Bible study on Wednesday nights that meets on Zoom. And there are a couple of other groups that meet um, uh, throughout the week using Facebook or, or otherwise. And um, we would love for you to, to stay connected. If you just need help, if you just need to reach out to somebody, uh, you don't know who to reach out to, reach out to me, reach out to us here at the church. Our information is, should be on the screen right now uh, as I'm saying this. And uh, we would love to hear from you, to pray with you, to connect with you, to help in any way that we can. Um, Next Sunday night, I'll get the details to you. I'm pretty sure it's at five o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure of what link to click or how to get there, uh, but there are several of us pastors around Porter County who are gonna be joining together to pray and to lead our congregations in prayer. And so get on that email newsletter because I'll be having the details sent out this week. Next Sunday night, I'm pretty sure it's five o'clock uh, that you uh, can join us in praying. Uh, and thank you again to all of you who continue to give generously uh, to make sure that we can continue the work that God has given us uh, both here locally and around the world. Uh, thank you for your generosity. Uh, this morning, um, we, are, uh, we are going um, back to the beginning. Uh, I've been reminded uh, this week that we're all writing the story of our lives. Um, some of you caught the little video uh, I posted a couple of days ago uh, about the, the person that uh, had called into the podcast that I was listening to. Um, that was just reminding us, you know, right now we are writing our life story. So what story do you want to write? You know, as you look back on this time in your life, when we finally come out of all this weirdness, you know, what story will you have written? Um, how will you have grown? What will you have learned? Is there something you're going to start or did you stop something during this time? Uh, what did you overcome? What did you model for your children? Um, who are we? Who are we becoming during this time? What is our story going to be? as we come out of this. So to help us know our story better and to write a good one uh, as, we're, as we're moving on through this life, we're going back to the very beginning, to the book of beginnings, to the book of Genesis, in the opening chapters of our Bible, uh, to find out where we come from, who we are, what we're doing here. The big idea from last week, if you were with us last week, is that God is the source of our life and strength and existence. Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, that's pictured in the way God breathed the breath of life into us to get us started, to give us life, and then to provide us with life on an ongoing basis. Uh, he provides this tree of life for us to eat from continually. 
God planned for us to remain connected to him so that he could continue to provide us with life and strength and purpose and everything else. Unfortunately, as we'll talk about more in depth next week, we thought we knew better, decided to go our own way. We unplugged from God and tried to plug into ourselves, be our own power source, and that just doesn't work. Now, the prophets and poets of God's people use a similar image to talk about the same thing. Same idea, slightly different image. They talked about us being like trees planted by streams of water. Uh, Psalm 1, Jeremiah 17, both use this image of a tree that can endure and even be fruitful in difficult times because its roots are drawing from this river. Jesus kind of zoomed in on this image, uh, uses a related one in John chapter 15, where he says that, that he is the vine, you know, it's connected to the ground and, and the source of life, and then we are the branches. And as long as we stay connected to him, then, then his life, the life of God, flows through Jesus into us so that we can be fruitful. Uh, I was reminded of this just a couple days ago as I was digging up some plants in, uh, uh, in this back corner of our backyard that uh, has, it used to be a garden, part of a garden at one point, and uh, we had tried a couple different things that didn't quite work. Now it's just dirt, and it's become a construction site for our boys. They get to dig around in there. Uh, but there were a couple of stumps and things in there that I wanted to get out of there, just small ones, because uh, I didn't want the boys falling on them and hurting themselves. And so as I was digging one of those up uh, just a couple of days ago, as I was carrying it to the trash, I realized I'm looking at all these roots growing down from just this small little stump. I'm thinking, that's, that's like us. I mean, that's this picture uh, here are these roots going out in every direction, big roots at the beginning and then going all the way out to these little feather-like, hair-like roots at the end. Uh, I thought that's, that's what we're like, reaching out for life, uh, needing strength and energy and, and everything else. And when we reach out to God, we find him to be a, a faithful source of that life that we need. I asked you last week to think about how you're staying connected to God during this time, uh, drawing life and strength from him. And you shared a few different things. Uh, many of you mentioned prayer, praying. Uh, many of you mentioned uh, reading scripture. Some of you are doing like a scripture reading plan, some through the Bible app, some through our daily bread. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways that you can have like a little daily habit of reading uh, to make your way through scripture. Uh, some of you mentioned music, worship music, or podcasts that you listen to, walking outside, seeing the beauty of spring as the, uh, as the flowers are starting to, to, to come out on the trees. All sorts of different things. Uh, David in Psalm 1 talks about delighting in God's word, meditating on it, reflecting on it, connecting with God through the scriptures as we listen for his voice speaking through them today. Uh, that prophet Jeremiah talked about trusting God in those moments when we're tempted to trust in our own wisdom or our own strength. Every time we trust God, it's like our roots grow down a little bit deeper. And Jesus, uh, in that image of the vine of the branches, talked about drawing life from his love for us and sharing that love with others. He said that's how we stay connected to him. So this week, uh, we're looking again at Genesis chapters 1 and 2 to try to figure out why. Why are we here? You know, do we have a job to do? What's the purpose behind this whole thing? Uh, in Genesis 1, we see God creating everything. And again, we're not getting sidetracked by debates about what mechanism God used to do this or how long it took him. That's missing the point right now. Uh, when he gets to creating us, it says, starting in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Now we see right away that God is generous, blessing us, giving us everything that we need for life. Uh, but one of the first things that it says is that we were made in God's image, in God's likeness. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, does that mean that we like look like God in some way, like there's a family resemblance? And, and uh, that's kind of the basic meaning of the phrase. Uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 5, we read about Adam having a son, Seth, uh, after his likeness, in his image. And I'm sure that that is implying like there's a family resemblance there. But of course, God is spiritual, not physical. So this is a metaphor that's being used. Uh, it's not saying that God has hair that looks like mine or eyes your color or anything like that, all right? Or that he has two arms and legs. This is a metaphor that's being used for us reflecting God to the world. Um, perhaps it would help to read the rest of that sentence uh, where he says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. I think these ideas are connected. Uh, throughout history, kings and emperors have often built statues of themselves, often larger than life. Uh, I can remember seeing the statue of Saddam Hussein being pulled down uh, when uh, we overthrew his government there in Iraq. Uh, we, but we see this throughout the Bible as well. Uh, do you remember the story? Uh, I heard this since I was a little kid. Uh, the three Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who get thrown into the fiery furnace, but God delivers them. Do you remember why they were thrown in the furnace? because they refused to bow down to an image of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Uh, we see it in Revelation chapter 13 at the end of our Bible, where an image of the beastly ruler is set up and people are forced to worship it or be killed. This is what Rome did in the far-flung reaches of its empire. You know, this is before TV and internet. Uh, so to remind people who's in charge around here, they built monuments and statues, and people were required to show allegiance and, or deference or sometimes to worship. I think that's in the background of what we're reading here in Genesis chapter 1. God is the creator of all things and rules over all. He's created the heavens and the earth and has made us in his image, in his likeness, so that we may rule. God is ruling the world through us. We are like his local representatives or something. Uh, I like this summary from the folks at the Bible Project uh, in their video that walks through the book of Genesis uh, they say that being created in the image of God means that we reflect God's character and we represent God's rule. We reflect God's character and we represent God's rule. Which, practically speaking, in the story of Genesis, means that we harness creation's potential and create beauty and order. We do what God has been doing as he's creating the world. So we look like God, but not physically, but, but who we are the kind of life that we live, our character. Are we going to be generous like God is? Are we going to be creative? Are we going to be life-giving? Are we going to be good? Will we look like God to the world around us? When we do, we can see we're created in his image. We reflect his character. And we represent his rule. Uh, this reminds us that we are not in charge. <laughs> you know, he is. We are partnered with him 
helping ensure that life here is lived in a way that honors him and, and honors his creation. Uh, this means that we'll, like we said, harness creation's potential and, like God, create beauty and order, not chaos and ugliness, which, of course, we see far too often as we humans go about living here in this world. So we see this uh, then played out in Genesis chapter 2, this second creation story. God creates Adam, uh, which, by the way, is a play on words in the original Hebrew. Uh, the word for man is Adam, and the word for earth, ground, is Adama. So this is like dirt boy or something. You know, it's like the name kind of means dirt. Um, so God creates Adam out of the dust of the ground, breathes life into him, and then puts him in a garden. Uh, it says in verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So he's placed in the garden. He's given a job to do. He's to work it and take care of it. And he's being provided with fruit, with life that he hasn't worked for yet. You know, eat from all the trees, which supposedly includes the tree of life that is there in the middle of the garden, right alongside the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Again, next week, we'll dive into that. That's just the one limitation that God gives. Let God set the boundaries. Trust him. Pictured by not eating from that one tree. All right, but for now, he's told to work it and take care of it. Or some other translations into English to cultivate it and keep it, to tend it, watch over it. There's language of protection here. He's got to care for it, watch over it, keep it. Uh, there's some protection language going here. And there's obviously this language of working with creation to bring out all the good and beauty that God intends for it. Now, there's a beauty to wild places, right? I mean, I've been to some, some national parks and to some places that it's just, it's just wild, right? And there's a real beauty there. But there's a different kind of beauty to a, a garden, right? You know, some place that's been cultivated, shaped, cared for, so that it can provide for us in a way that wild places just don't. And that's what we're called to do with what God has given us, to, to work it, to, to care for it, to cultivate. So that means we don't exploit, we don't spoil, we don't ruin God's creation. We don't just suck everything we can out of it and leave it a wreck. But it also means we don't just ignore it or abandon it. We have a responsibility for it. To, to care for it, to cultivate it, so that it can be fruitful. All right, now the very next verse is this. I don't want to skip over this passage. Um, I, want to, I want to deal with it at least briefly. The very next verse is, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. The, the not good to be alone thing many of us are experiencing right now. I know some of you, as you've talked with me throughout the week, you're feeling the, the aloneness of this social distancing. You're calling everybody you can think of. You're, you're hungry for, for human interaction. It's how God has made us, all right? Some of you I know, you're wired a little differently. I kind of ride the line between the introvert-extrovert thing. So uh, some of you are like, oh, this is great. I love this. Uh, but we all are made for relationship, for connection. And, uh, and here, so far in the story, there's just been the man and he's recognizing, look, it's not good for him to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. All right, so just briefly, uh, the idea here is one of equal partnership. Okay, A helper is not a subordinate. God is described as our helper multiple times in Scripture. This is a helper that's suitable for the human being, for the man. It's like left and right gloves or left and right shoes. 
They, they match. They go together. God makes animals, and Adam names them, which is a picture of our partnering with God in his rule of creation. Uh, but of course, none of these animals are suitable. They don't match Adam. Uh, so then God makes woman, and it's immediately obvious that these two are made for each other. Uh, it's another way that our generous God has provided for us. Uh, now in chapter 3, when we stop trusting God and do our own thing, that's when this relationship breaks down and becomes one of, of uh, mistrust, of domination, all of the, some of the, the ugliness that we've seen down through history um, between men and women. But at this point, the picture is one of equal partnership, a matching pair, both created, as Genesis 1 made clear, in the image of God, reflecting his character, representing his rule. So what do we, what do, we do with all this? Um, well, we see these same themes picked up in the life and teachings of Jesus in the New Testament. And, uh, and I'm, I'm here right now because I'm a Christian, because I'm following Jesus. So it's kind of important to me uh, what Jesus has to say. That's why I'm reading this book in the first place and talking about it with you right now. While Genesis talks about us being made in the image of God, uh, Jesus uh, often would talk about us doing things or praying in his name. It's a similar idea that we're acting as uh, his representatives, um, created in his image, you know, representing God's rule, doing things in the name of Jesus. It's like being his ambassador. Uh, we're doing things in his name. Uh, just this last week, I uh, helped a family with a funeral, um, which was unusual. It was weird during this time because you can't have more than 10 people in the room. Uh, it, it was odd. But, um, but there was a, this is someone who had served in the military, and so there was an honor guard at the beginning of the funeral. And as they folded the flag and, uh, and handed it uh, to his widow, um, the soldier said uh, that he was doing this on behalf of the President of the United States and a grateful nation. This idea of doing something on behalf of another. You know, this is what's implied by this doing something in Christ's name or living as one created in the image of God. Uh, in the New Testament, we're called Christians, which basically means like little Christ. You know, we, we're taking on Jesus' name in a very literal way. It means we should reflect his character to all around us. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, his command to us is that we love each other as he has loved us. We talked about the vine and the branches in that passage. Uh, he says, this is how you stay connected to me. As I have loved you, now you love each other. When we act in his name, it means we're living in a way that honors him, that reflects well on him, that reflects his goodness and love to others. Uh, it reminds me of what Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 42. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you don't know, he's referred to himself there at the end. He's saying, I didn't come so that other people would serve me. I came to serve others and to give my life for others. If you want to be great, if you want to rule in a way that represents God, if you want to lead, if you want to live this life in a way that reflects his rule, then we won't be exploitative or abusive. We will serve like Jesus did. That's what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. That's one of Jesus' favorite phrases for talking about God's rule. In the New Testament and the Gospels, it's usually we talk about God's rule as much as we talk about uh, the kingdom of God coming near and being present in Christ. That that's what we are living in 
We are, we are living in a way that represents the rule of God, that God is king. So, why are we here? What were we created for? We're here to reflect God's character. We're here to represent his rule, his kingdom. We're going to look like Jesus in the way we relate to each other and to the rest of creation. That's the idea as our story begins. That's who we are supposed to be. So take just a minute to think about what that might look like in your life, in your relationships. How might you reflect the character of God, the love of Christ, where you live, the people around you? We're going to give you just about, about 60 seconds to think about that. We're all writing a story right now with the life that we live. What kind of story are you writing? God has created us. God has blessed us. And he's given us a role to play here in the universe. To reflect his character, to represent his rule. So whatever story we write, if we want it to be a, a good one, it needs to include that element. It needs to look like that in some, in some way. It can't be all about us and what we want. It has to be a life that, that recognizes that God is in charge, that we are created by him, loved by him, blessed by him, provided for us with everything that we need before we'd ever done anything. So how do we live our lives in a way that honors him and that reflects his own goodness and beauty to others? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray and ask him for help with this. God, you know that there are all sorts of other uh, claims on our attention, on our allegiance. Uh, there are all sorts of other uh, ways to live that seem so appealing. And God, sometimes we have fallen into those traps of doing life for us, of, of living life the way we want to live it, not necessarily the way you created us to live. Sometimes we give in to that fear. Sometimes we give in to greed. Sometimes we give in to just a desire to avoid pain or, or to seek pleasure. God, today we are grateful that you are this gracious and good God that we read about in the scriptures, that we see uh, revealed in Jesus Christ. Because God, that, that helps us to know that today we don't have to pretend to be better than we are. Today we can be honest with you and we can receive from you grace, mercy, forgiveness as we trust in you. As we, as we turn from living a life the way we want to live it and as we turn to you and, and recognize that God, you made us. You're in charge, not me. And so if I want my life to work, if I want my life to... Um, to fit here in your good creation, then I need to live your way. I need to trust and follow you. God, would you help us to do that today? Would you help us to see, to have kind of an honest evaluation of ourselves right now, to see the ways in which we have not been reflecting your character, the ways in which we have not been representing your rule, 
maybe we've represented more what we want than what you want. As if we are king. As if we are our own little God. Maybe if we look at the ways that we relate to the people closest to us or the people farthest from us, the people we see as being opposed to us, God, what are we reflecting? What are we putting out there in the world? Are we reflecting your grace, your goodness, your kindness, your love? Are we showing more fear, anger, selfishness, all that ugliness that leads to, to chaos? Help us today, God. By your Holy Spirit at work within us, help us to live in a way that honors you. Do your work in us, God. <laughs> Bring out this good fruit in the, in the garden of our souls. Your word talks about the, the fruit of the Spirit being love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and more. God, would you, would you grow these kinds of fruit in us? Would you, would you help us to, to look like that, to look like Jesus here in the world? God, you know the only way that we can do this is with your help, is with your Spirit being at work. Your spirit, bring this out of us at this time. So we're trusting you. We're placing ourselves in your hands, God, and trusting that you can bring some real beauty out of our lives, uh, even now, even in these stressful times. Thank you, God, for your continued faithfulness and goodness. Thank you for the love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you that out of love for us, you did not keep your distance, but you came to us in Jesus, right into the midst of all the ugliness and brokenness, so that by his life and death and resurrection, we could find life, so that our great enemy, the devil, could be conquered, so that sin no longer would have mastery over us, but instead you've set us free. You've given us life. You've given us hope. You've given us purpose. Thank you, God. Thank you for this love. Thank you for this life that you give us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? It's true, God. All our hope is in Jesus. We don't really have hope for ourselves apart from you. Um, thank you, God, that as we trust in you, all our all our yesterdays are gone, God, and we have new life, a new story that we get to write with you, filled with your love, filled with your grace, filled with your beauty. Thank you, God. Please, would you fill us with the Spirit of Christ today so that as we end this time together and we go back to whatever else you have for us, we might do so as, as people who reflect your goodness, your character, 
who reflect you to the world around us. Thank you, God. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.